Hi there, my name is Eli, and you're listening to the Youth of the Nation podcast, hosted by my big bro, Nate Burdine, where he speaks about the now generation, Jesus, and everything in between. Enjoy the show, and thanks for watching. Yo, welcome back to the Youth of the Nation podcast. I want to apologize. I am sick, so if this sounds awful to listen to, I apologize. I'm not going to try to sniffle. And yeah, I just want to come out right and just be open with, I am feeling like, I'm just not feeling great. I'm just not feeling great. So yeah, but I still, the show must go on. So I got a great interview with my friend, Aaron Isaacs, who's going to come in at the later half of the episode. But I want to talk about, I don't know, some things that I've seen on social media and so things that I'm looking at as leadership, as leaders, as young leaders and people who lead young people. And first, I want to talk about this funny post I saw on Instagram, and it said there's only two type of Christian men in culture. And it had one who was wearing Chelsea boots and skinny jeans with the the holes below the knees. And the other guy was wearing Chacos with like tight green cargo pants. The funny thing is I post this picture on Instagram and everybody replies and say and says you are each and every like you're both of those people. And I'm like, oh, you're right, because I I can rock the I can rock the skinnies with the with (laughs) I can rock the skinnies with the Chelsea boots. I love some skinnies with the Chelsea boots. But in the summer, it's Chaco gang or don't bang homie all day. So I just thought that was funny because Christian culture sometimes can be so funny. I mean, think about it. When I go into the church, and this is nothing negative. This isn't negative at all. I just think it's I just think it's hilarious. Like we go into the church and there's an outfit. There's almost a dress code. I think uh, you know when it used to be suit and ties and and certain things. It's Chelsea boots and skinny jeans, and that's not just with youth pastors. That's among pastors everywhere. You look at the biggest pastors, you know. And those, all those dudes are wearing the Chelsea's with the cutoff, with the fear of God stuff on. So Christian culture is hilarious. It's funny. I've talked about this before on how I just think we as a culture, we, we actually are, we differ from the world because we are almost behind the world. Chelsea boots were cool. I realized they were cool way before believers took and latched onto them. But now that we we have it, it's the culture now. We wear the leather, and it's just cool. We're looking dope, and we're fitting with the youth. I just wear it because I think the outfit is fire. But also, I know that the youth are going to say, maybe I'll listen to him because his shoes are nice, and he's wearing this, and wearing this, and wearing this. So, hey, I don't know. I, I just think that we, as a, as a believer, as a faith, we often need to understand where we can poke fun at ourselves. Because this isn't all serious all the time. I actually had someone comment on the show and they said, hey, Nate, that's not funny. I said, what's not funny? They said that this is not funny. And I was like, uh, was it something I said? And they said, yeah, there's more. There's, there's another type of Christian. I said, well, what are they? They said, it's the redneck Christian. I said, 
That's facts. But the joke here is that in the youth world and just in the believer world, you got both. You got people who are wearing sandals and that kind of things. And you got people who will not. There will be a hot. This these are the funny things when you're in like a hot summer day and you still have that youth pastor who's still wearing the leather jacket and the black jeans and the Chelsea's and you're like, bro, do you own a pair of shorts? And hold jeans don't count. They don't count as shorts. So <laughs> again, let's just laugh at ourselves. It, it it's funny, and the amount of people that I had commenting and replying to this was funny and. Got to a conversation with an old teacher and we we got the joke and we got to laugh about it. And so, again, if we can laugh at ourselves, not not laughing at our faith, but laugh at ourselves and the way we operate in culture, I believe it's so it's it's just more fun. It's just more fun. And uh, I've noticed that honestly, I've seen people come to Jesus because they laugh at our culture and I'm saying, well, do you want to join in on it? And they're like, uh, sure. So I, it's actually been cool to invite people in on what I'm doing and what we are doing as a culture and as a people. So, yes, Christian culture is funny, and I am both types of Christian men. We're actually going to post on the Instagram, but I am both types of Christian men. And so, and I'm okay with that. I'm cool with that. Even Julia was like, yeah, that's both of you. So, so, so funny. But uh, what do we have next? Sorry, I'm space brain right now. Oh, uh, I got to talk about my boy, LBJ. Um, It hurts. I'm not going to say there's no hope. But, man, we are getting throttled by teams we do not deserve to get throttled by. Our last three losses are against the Hawks, the Pelicans, and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies actually are a good team. They lost Gasol, but they're a good team. But we can't beat those teams with the greatest player. Still on the planet playing. And this makes me realize that, yo, one, he's old. He's getting older. It's okay to say. And two, we realize how much of a team sport this is. Right? I I, I do agree that LeBron should not have had gone so public with his trade requests and who he wants. Because it would have been different, right? If if it was just two players, like he was like, hey, I just want Brandon McGroom and Lonzo Ball, but you were going to trade everybody on the team to get a player. I just think it's one, it's not worth it, and two, every single player now feels alienated and doesn't feel wanted by you, the captain of the team. So I believe that that leadership hurt the team, like straight up, it truly did hurt the team because what we find is that now. I'm not saying they're not playing for him, but why? Why would they? Would you? If someone said, hey, I want this guy gone, this guy gone, and this guy gone, you'd be mad. You'd be upset if you got traded like that. It was so disrespectful. So disrespectful. One, to do. And two, I mean, to do. Like, it was just wrong. So I'm kind of all over the place on the emotions of this. I love LeBron still, and I do think he is the greatest player of all time to me. He's the greatest player of all time, and I have a bunch of reasons why, and you've heard these before, and sometimes I do feel like we forget MJ history, but that's okay. That's okay. We ain't going to worry about that. I do feel that LeBron's leadership did kind of hurt in this moment. It did, because now we see that these guys don't want to play for him. They don't want to be with him, and they kind of want to be out the team, but I really hope we do keep Kyle Kuzma. 
and I I do not enjoy Brandon Ingram at all. He's a great play though, not trash. He's a great play. I just don't enjoy him on the Lakers for some reason. I just think he holds the ball for too long, and we don't get enough points. So, hey, hopefully we lost three games. We lost two games so far since the All Star break. Maybe we only can lose maybe eight more, and that's cutting it close. So we'll see. We'll see if we can get the eighth seed of the playoffs and play the Golden State Warriors or something, which would be terrible. So, again, I do believe that LeBron's quotes are hurting the team more than anything. And that's the thing. I think with great players and with great stuff, you have to be able to call it out as well. If I just sat here and I was like, man, he's just doing great. And yeah, 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 yeah. You would be like, man, he's not realistic. And I'm trying to be realistic with this idea of the idea that I need in leadership you need and for me i need people that are encouraging and could you imagine being on a on a ministry team or a church team and you want you find out that the church was going to trade you for six other pastors or the you know for vice versa you and six pastors were going to get traded to another church for one for the mega church pastor that's going to help save the day or something like that like your heart wouldn't feel good. You wouldn't feel great. It would hurt. We would we we would truly be hurting. So, I believe as believers, we need to not as believers. What am I talking about? <laughs> not as believers. I believe we as leaders need to be encouraging because we gotta call a spade a spade. This leadership hurts teams. It does. It truly does hurt teams, and we're finding that out now, which sucks because I really hope they can make it to the playoffs, but. It is not looking so hot. And now I got to hear John Asher for the next five weeks about how they ain't making it to the playoffs. The GOAT. He ain't a GOAT. He's a lamb. And so he's going to make fun of it. But he's the, oh, sorry, I sniffled. He's a fan of the best team out there. So I can't be mad at him. Can't be mad at him at all. So, yeah. Speaking of John Asher, uh, I, I do want to talk about the top, not the top five, because there's so many more people who have impacted my life. But I want to share five five men that have impacted me, that have left a left an imprint on my heart, and have have changed the way I lead, changed the way I want to lead people, and have have brought me into this faith, and uh, have allowed me to truly love Jesus with everything of who I am and have taught me how to love Jesus. So I'm a 20 year old dude and I feel like I've gotten years and years of leadership from these, from these guys. So I want to go through this and it's not a list. It's in no order. I'm just going to say five names and they're, and again, they're going to be in any order. So first I want to start with Eddie Johnson. And just a quick thing is Eddie Johnson was the guy that I believe that I don't, I don't believe I know introduced me to who Jesus was. Uh, I was never invited to youth groups until middle school. And actually, I was invited to his youth group or to Young Life first in sixth grade. Then he came on end of my sixth grade year, and uh, it was the greatest. It was it was it was so cool. And first of all, it's black. He was rapping, and I went over there, and I just couldn't not have a conversation with him. I wanted to be around him all the time. And soon that ha- turned into me going to his church. And me believing that I loved Jesus. And I was kind of faking it. I was there for the honeys. But <laughs> and he knew that. But me kind of faking my love for Jesus. And faking who I was. But he still loved me either way. He still loved me 
even if I was falling, even if I was tripping, and even if I was in sin. And that's why I appreciate Eddie so much, because he he was he took I don't I don't say he took a risk on me because me failing wasn't, but he he was the first man in my life that showed genuine care and did it in a loving way. And uh, it was awesome. And as I, I'm just reminiscing right now, man. I I thank Eddie all the time. And I, honestly, I don't do it enough. But I owe Eddie, I owe Eddie everything. Oh, but here's this. And again, I'm going to talk about more dudes that have impacted my life. But Eddie is definitely one of those guys who has impacted who I am and who I want to be uh, from here on out. And Eddie's been honest with me in, in every aspect of his life. And you don't get a lot of people like that, right? It's with the young leaders. Sometimes they may feel like they need to hide a part of themselves so that they can, you know, be healthy. But Eddie's like, you know where my health is at? Sharing my heart. And he shares he shares a lot with me that I'm like, man, I really appreciate that. And it's been awesome. Now, it's crazy. Now, I work with the guy. And it's even more fun because I'm like, man, you taught me everything I know. And now I get to, I get to co-work with him, which is even cooler. And so... He got, I got to hear him speak for years, 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 and years. And now he gets to hear me speak uh, for the, all the years to come that we're working together. So, Eddie, love you, man. Uh, love you. You're you spiritual father, and you know that. So, appreciate that, Eddie. Another guy that has, that's impacted me uh, in, in, a, in an amazing way is Jacob Coyne. Jacob Coyne is a dude who I ran with. Um, so, Eddie was the youth pastor at uh, Life Center, which was uh, Life Center Lakewood and South. Sorry, what did I call it that? Life Center Lakewood. And then uh, um, Eddie kind of stepped into a young life role, and or Eddie stepped into the young life role, and Jacob Coyne came over and took over that role. And I got to hang out with Jacob pretty much every week. He was the pastor I job shadowed, and I realized I wanted to be a part of that forever. Like the meetings... Like, all that was just so amazing. All that was just so awesome to be to be a part of and to be part of the ministry and to be a part of the church. So I I realized that Jacob was someone that he allowed me to activate my and not, it's not that Eddie didn't do this, but he just allowed me in my other way of leadership, he allowed me to activate the side of me that was more enthusiastic about my faith. Eddie brought the enthusiasm, but something about the healthy spirituality. That's what I said with Jacob brought. Healthy spirituality. And what I learned from Jacob was so cool. And I can just remember him just praying. We'd pray. Oh, my goodness, man. My favorite moments with Jacob is when we would sit in the car and we would just pray. About the day, about his family, about my family, and we would just pray on rides and he dropped me off and I remember one time he dropped me off at my house and I ran to like the end of the road just to get my phone. And like it was just cool. I got to hang out with him and his brother Jonah. And Jacob may not know this, but Jacob is a guy that has had a huge impact on me on who and who I am as a leader and who I want to be when I grow up as a father uh, and as a husband and as all these different things. And Jacob taught me healthy spirituality but also high character. Jacob is a man of high character. And uh, that's something I'm learning every day. That high character is, is crucial to ministry. It's something that we need to be a part of. And 
uh, there's parts when I'm like, man, I'm slipping on this. But I remember the, the parts that Jacob shared to me. So Jacob Coyne, if you're hearing this, bro, you're another guy that I've, I've gleaned from and I've learned from. Glean is the word of the week for me. And then I've learned from. Also, you let me run a service with like, you kind of let me pastor that night. Your brother came and speak. So Jacob's brother t- came to speak. And for some reason, he goes, Nate, you want to lead the service tonight? And I said, what? And I got to lead a service. It was so dope. It was so dope. But yeah, I got to lead a service. And that's when I felt activated and that this was my calling. So Jacob, you were a guy that truly activated uh, my healthy spirituality and also my calling. Uh, It's just like you, Eddie, just pushed it even further, further down the road. Uh, Next is a guy named Grant Twyman. Grant is a guy who also followed up in the uh, pastor role at the church. And he was he was a guy that taught me discipline, discipline, spiritual disciplines, health disciplines. Uh, he 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 taught me the right decisions. He he told me the decisions that I should make and I wouldn't make them. And he said, OK, let's do them. And then he when I failed, he said, all right, bro, let's make a better decision. Grant kept me honest. Grant Grant kept me real. And uh, when I think about making a bad decision or or saying something towards someone, I remember who Grant was or who Grant is. And he's a guy of high, high integrity. It's it's amazing to think that I got to learn from a dude like that. And he uh, sorry, snuffle again. (laughs) And he he constantly, constantly reminded me of who I was in Christ. And and wouldn't just ask me how I was, but like, no, how are you really doing? How's life really doing? How's faith really going? And we'd always stop at the top side in. Uh, he'd pick me up from my house in the morning so that we could go. And I'd get a strawberry banana smoothie. And uh, he would just sit with me for 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 an hour or so before school started and uh, remind me of who I was in Christ and remind me that I was more than just a guy that... This is what I appreciate about Grant, too. He reminded me that I was more than just a guy that a young dude that knew about Jesus. He reminded me that I was a person and that people were going to use me for my faith and use me for who I was. And he didn't want that to happen. He steered me in the right ways. And there was, out of all the decisions he gave me, there was one decision that he gave me very, very loudly. And I took it. And I took his advice finally. And it was the greatest advice I've ever took. And that's why, that's why I believe I'm here where I am today is because of Grant's discipline and Grant teaching me, hey, is this who you really are? And so I appreciate that from Grant. Another guy that uh, I learned from is Tyler Soli. Uh, Tyler Soli is the lead pastor at Life Center. And he was the pastor that spoke at the camp that I gave my life to Jesus to. And it was just amazing. To, 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 see, to see him speak, and I don't know what it was. Because I, I, I can't sit here and like, state the sermons to you but i know it's about how much god loves me and i walked away like man i felt on fire for jesus and i repented of sin like a real deep sin and i just can't and that's where eddie spoke to me and spoke calling into my life and where people spoke into me and i cried and it was all and it was was, i believe it it was the words that jesus spoke through tyler and then later earlier this year or last year Tyler invited me into a leadership cadre I was the youngest dude by maybe four no not four years a year I was the youngest dude and I felt blessed honored to be that room that he looked into me and saw a leader 
uh, and saw a young person that could lead well. So Tyler Soli, you know who you are. Uh, you know I love you, man. And again, every time I talk with Tyler, I just like, man, this guy's so wise. And also, Tyler made me fall in love with leap with reading. He'd give us a book to read each month, and it would take me forever to read the book. But I realized books are really, <laughs> books are dope. Books are dope. So, Tyler, you know who you are, man, and I appreciate you. Love you, dude. And Tyler, again, it's one of those guys that he taught me the idea of more discipline and how to focus on my focus on my faith, but how to focus on who I was as a leader. And he's where I get the question, what's your why? Obviously, read the book by Simon Sinek, but he, he really questioned us and said, why do you do what you do? I mean, get a statement. Get it written down. And I have that statement. I've read it on here before. Uh, so, so scatterbrained, I can't even get it right now. But he was that one that reminded me, "Hey, this is what your state. This is what a statement is. This is who you are. This is this is this is going to make who you are going to be." So Tyler, I appreciate you, bro. Um, so yeah, man, those those are the guys. I have Tyler, Jacob, Tyler, Jacob, Grant, and Eddie are the dudes that have spoken to my life and have showed me faith. But if you thought I was playing around, again, those are the four dudes. And also John Asher, of course. John Asher is a guy as well that has uh, taught me um, the fun side. Man, he's 30. He's in his 30s. And he's still going youth pastor strong out here and loving students, loving kids so well. He invited me into youth ministry. And uh, I've loved serving with it ever since. So, John, I appreciate you. Uh, a mentor. We need to meet up still. <laughs> but uh, a guy that I'm definitely going to have on the episode and on the podcast at some point. So, yeah, those those are my guys. Those are my dudes. But y'all thought I was tripping. Also, I have ladies that I appreciate as well. And uh, one is Katie Davis. That's my mama. Uh, I love her. And uh, she's taught me faith. Um, she's taught me power. Uh, she's taught me that women really do know what they are doing. Uh, it's not that I never had the thought that they didn't know what they were doing. But I appreciate it. I appreciate her, her leadership style and the way she leads people and the way she has led me. And she invited me to this whole young life thing, working for this whole young life thing. And I'm so glad because I love, I absolutely love doing it. And there's, there's, there's so many women, but Katie's, Katie's on the top of that list. There's another, also another one named Mariah McCleary, who I look up to as well. Um, she's awesome. She's a riot. Uh, she has a gift as well and she just loves people so well not just kids i get you can tell she loves kids but she just loves people so well so mariah i appreciate you and and the joy that she has man when she walks into a room there is joy in that room like i i light up when when mariah walks into the room like yep mariah's in the room here we go yep like this is fire so i really appreciate mariah mccleary uh, another one, of course, is Mackenzie Kyocho. Uh, Mackenzie Kyocho is one who has taught me. Maybe she doesn't know that she's taught me, but she has taught me that, yo, all the stuff behind the scenes and how much I need to appreciate those people who do the work behind the scenes. And But then she doesn't whine and complain about it. I've never heard her whine and complain, and maybe because she does it in silence, but the f- you got, and she's been on an episode. She, she's so joyful about doing those behind the scene things. And she's so joyful about doing that stuff. And to me, I feel like I'd complain, but she know. Because she know that God has called her to that work. It's so awesome. So awesome to see. 
And y'all, I have so many people that I look up to, but those are the people that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. This is getting right off the script. This is these are the people that I'm thinking of straight off the top of my head that I believe, wow, they have made an impact on my life. Not just for a little while, but forever. Truly forever. So I think those people I really want to thank those people for speaking into me. And also, oh, Mariah Coyne's on that list as well. Uh, Mariah Coyne is a boss. Uh, love Mariah Coyne. Uh, she is um, she is married to Jacob Coyne. And uh, the way she worships, wow, it's just amazing. It's just absolutely amazing. And the way she leads as people as well, so caring and so kind. Um, so, yeah, I love, love that family and love all of these leaders. And I kept thinking of, and of course, I didn't want to just think of the men that have led me, but also the women that have helped lead me and shape who I am today. And maybe they don't even know that. And I'm going to tag them in this episode and kind of mention that, hey, the you guys have impacted me. And just my little token of appreciation is um, saying why they have impacted me and showed uh, such a big place in my life, showed such a big place in my life, have made such a big imprint in my life. And I, and obviously I have coaches and so many other people, but those are the people that I thought of off tops and straight off the dome. Let's go. So yeah, um, that's it. Thanks for checking out the opening part of the podcast. Uh, please enjoy this ad. It's also going to be a different ad. I've re-recorded my Flipboard ad so you didn't hear the same ad over and over and over. Added a different beat until I get a new sponsorship. So check out this ad that is different, but it's still the same. But I try to add a little bit more flavor to it and a new beat to it. So I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Also, enjoy the interview with my boy, Aaron Isaacs. Peace. Welcome back to the Youth of the Nation podcast. I'm here with Aaron Isaacs, another member of the Team Unashamed family. Aaron, so what's up? What's up, everybody? What's going on? Yo, Aaron is a, Aaron is a 21-year-old who is... Where do you live again? Uh, I, I li- currently live in Philly, um, Ooh. like right outside of Philly. Are you an Eagles fan? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not really a football fan, but I guess if I have to be, yeah, I'm okay. an Eagles fan. Yep, he's an Eagles fan. Dope. <laughs> Well, uh, we have an Eagles fan here, and as I was looking to record and looking to get into the episode this week, um, Aaron's name came up, and Aaron was someone that said, hey, let's record. So we're going to do it, and I think our topics are going to be great. We talked a little bit before this, and I'm excited for it. So Aaron, bro, let's start how I always do. What's your why? Why do you get up in the morning? Man, all right. That's a good question, bro. Um... So my why, honestly, uh, I I feel like I have I have a, we all have a purpose in life, right? The Bible tells us that God tells us that you know there's there's always hope in Christ, and I feel like every day that we wake up is another chance that God gives us to achieve that purpose. We some of us may have not even figured it out yet. You know, I'm 21, and I feel like I haven't even figured out why I'm here and what my purpose is. But I know that God has a plan for me, and every day I wake up knowing that that means I'm gonna go out and do things. That I know will help me achieve that purpose. Help me figure that out. Help me find out what God is calling me to do. See, as a Christian, it's a lot easier to figure out what your why is because you know that God has a plan for you. Yeah. So that's just how I how I think and what I feel. Um, like uh, I'm I'm young. We're both young, you know. So yeah. 
sometimes everybody feels like you have to have everything planned out, everything ready by, by our age. You know, as soon as you graduate high school, everybody's on you. They're like, oh, do you know what you're going to do when you grow up? Do you know yeah. what you're going to do? Like, what? Um, but, I mean, like I said, I'm 21, and I still don't know what God's calling me to do and why I'm here. But I'm, I'm always open to try new things. I'm always open to try to figure it out, you know. And that's why I wake up every morning with a smile on my face because I know that God loves me and that he has a plan for my future. Yeah. That's that was kind of a long answer, but... <laughs> nah, man, I think that's good, though, because the what you mentioned was so key. Sometimes we're still figuring out what our why is, and sometimes right. we're still finding out who God wants us to be and who, who he's calling us to serve and how he is calling us to serve, and I think that's a, that's a big deal that you mentioned, the idea of, yo, in all honesty, like, our whys aren't set in stone. They're not set yeah, in stone I, all amen. the time. So... And I don't think that's a too long of an answer. I think that's a perfect answer for what people are at today. What, right. people, what people need to hear is, hey, your why sometimes is all over the place, and especially when, <laughs> yep. we, when we're younger. And you're right, man. I remember when I was in high school, dude, every single time I was in a church or in any, any type of meeting, you know, what are you going to do when you grow up? What are you going to do? What are you gonna <laughs> all do? the time, bro. What are you going to do? And I was like, uh, I have no idea. And then when I was a junior... The funny thing is when you tell people what you want to do, then you give them the answer. Like, they're not, they don't like the answer. So they're like, oh. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you're right, bro. It's like, this is my life, my decision. Yeah. Like, and they get all mad. They're like, oh, I don't think you should do that. I think that's a bad call. So, yeah, bro, I don't know, man. I think, I just think it's funny how sometimes we judge each other's decisions on what our why is supposed to be. Yeah, that's very true, bro. Uh, especially in this day and age, yeah, you see a lot of kids depressed because they don't have everything figured out. Like, you're not supposed to have everything figured out, you know? Yeah. Like, you're like we're young, we're the youth. It's time for us to get up and figure out what we're gonna do. You can't just sit around and expect things to come and then be depressed when you don't know what you're what you're doing. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely, dude. That's good, Aaron. It's, it's crazy. And I think that's that's crucial, especially with our next topic, what we're getting to get into, is the idea of what's your why. And you you had mentioned to me that you have a yearn and a want to serve in ministry. So explain where that yearn comes from. Kind of explain your youth life and then we can just chat about. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Serving. Of course. Um, so uh, I grew up in the Bahamas. Uh, I was I lived there till I was what? about five years old. And uh, yeah, crazy. <laughs> um. But uh, we moved out here to the U.S. because uh, my mom had uh, become diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And at the time, I was young. You know, I didn't really understand. I just knew we were moving, going all around. My mom was constantly going to the doctor. and uh, But not once did I did I ever pray for her. Not once did I ever sit there and be like, yo, my mom has cancer. Like, she could die any minute. Huh. Let me, you know, let me pray and ask God to heal her. I never did that. You know, so uh, she was cancer-free. Uh, eventually, it came back. Um, same thing. Like, I, I never did, prayed. I never did anything. I just kind of expected God to heal her, right? Yeah. And uh, so about three or four years ago, it came back a third time. And this time, it was kind of more more obvious to me, like, the pain she was dealing through. And I remember walking downstairs and uh, seeing her on the couch. And she, she told me, she was like, Aaron, if I if I died today, would you, would you like, be all right? Would you be cool? Because I, just, I can't deal with the pain. I just want to go and see God and just be in the heaven and be happy again and uh, – 
that kind of affected me. I was like, all right, this is crazy. So I sat down and I, I prayed, like probably one of the best prayers I've ever prayed, honestly. I, wow. It was like the spirit came over me, bro. I just put my hands on her and went to work. And she's cancer-free today. So that that's wow. kind of why I feel like um, I, I need to go out and, and do something, like preach to people. Because as a kid, like I said, I, I never prayed. I grew up in a Christian home, um, so I've seen it all around. Uh, I know I, I seen I read read the Bible every day. I've been taught the Bible. I went to a Christian school growing up, uh, so it's kind of like I took those things for granted. I didn't really know huh. what to what to really do in times like uh, like that. I never prayed. I never like I, I it, was, it was I just expected it, you know. Like I just expected God to bless me just because I believed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was kind of off topic, but uh, let oh, me get back to why good. I, I want to <laughs> do ministry. So um, growing up in the church. Uh, I went to a, a old people church. I'd, I'd say um, that's kind of bad to say, but uh, <laughs> it was a lot of old older people, and there weren't really anybody my age that I could really chill with, or vibe with, or even just, just sit and talk about like Christian things. Um, I was probably one of the younger kids. There was like three or four other people my age. There was no youth group. Uh, the church only sung hymns, and like to me, it was just I go to church just to go through the motions. Like it was yeah. boring, and I feel like that's how a lot of kids think about church. Like it's just boring. Um, and I feel like church doesn't have to be boring. Like the youth are there for a reason. We can make it vibrant. We can make the church something that people look forward to every Sunday. Mm. Um, and so that's why I want to be in a position where I can lead that, you know, lead a youth group, lead a ministry. So I can make these kids excited to get up and be a part of a church family. Um, and wake up Sunday with a smile on your face, not dreading going to church and not just sitting there on your phone waiting for the time to go by. Uh, I feel like uh, the youth is, is a way that a church can build and, and grow heavily. If you have a, fi- a youth on fire in a church, that church is going to do great things. Um, and, and that's just the way I feel. So I feel like, like earlier I said, I don't know what my why is, but I'm slowly starting to figure it out that I feel like yeah. God wants me in a church, in a leadership position to help kids understand that you can you can make church what you want it to be. You know, yeah. you don't go there just because your parents believe it. You don't you, you go there because you believe it and because you want to see God do great things in your life as well as other people's life. So that's why I really have a desire for ministry, just because yeah. I didn't grow up with it. And I saw how that how that uh, did with my life, how that made me and yeah. growing up and becoming more mature. I'm starting to see that church is, is very valuable in a Christian in a Christian life. And if you don't have a good church home or you don't have good godly friends like you're really going nowhere huh. wow so bro. yeah that, that's, that's my deep. answer and I, and I love what you mentioned in the beginning there of the idea of like because i i don't know man i just think in ministry or as we look at ministries we look at i mean we and you talked about this on the phone and i've been asked this question you know why are you making a podcast why are you recording a podcast it's something that someone else can do, someone that's older, someone that has more years of experience can do. And what I've found is that the youth that I serve, they appreciate the. And this isn't a diss against older people at all. I'm just no, saying no, no. Of course that not. We need to un- we need to understand that the youth uh, are a generation of people that want to do. They don't want to just be talked to anymore. Right. I my number one thing that I hate is just sitting in meetings and just listening like i want to talk i want to contribute <laughs> i agree bro. i want to make with you. i want to make things happen and that's just kind of the generation that we're in and so often the old model that i wasn't really a part of but a lot of people that i know that were part of said it was sunday worship worship preach and then go home and there was yeah. no contribution to the ministry or contribution to the community 
and young people nowadays, they want to make stuff happen. They want to see things happen. They want to preach. They want to yep. worship. They want to yep. go across the city, feed homeless. Like they want to be a part of the ministries. And I think it's so crucial, like you said, is why you want to be a part of ministry is because you want to see that change that you saw in your life. You want right. to see that change that you saw in your life. And I think that's so crucial, bro, is because that's that's how the biggest youth pastors are made. That's how the biggest people who serve are made. It's because they're the guys that people are like, ah, there's no way they're going to do that. And then before we know it, they're the youth pastors and their state start changing the generations, bro. So it's it's funny, bro, because like uh, in the church that I grew up in, there was a, a lot of older people, like I said, and they had kids that weren't going to church. And they'd constantly go to the prayer meetings and they'd say, pray for my, my son that he comes to church. Pray for my daughter that she comes to church. But like if the church is not appealing to them, they're not going to want to come, especially if they're unsaved and they don't know the word. They're not going to want to go to a, sit through a boring one hour church service where I mean, I hate to say the word boring in, in church in the same sentence because church to me is not boring. But for somebody like like that age who has a short attention span or somebody who just doesn't really want to connect with the things of God, the best way to get them involved is to make it exciting. Make it something that a, a young person would want to go to, a yeah. young person would want to bring their friends to. Yeah. You know, like nobody wants to bring their friend to something that even they don't like. So how are you going to be able to invite your friends to church if, if your church is, is, you know, not really doing anything for you? Definitely, bro. Definitely. And that's key, man, is we we and this kind of and this kind of takes away from the want of youth ministry and the ideas of ministry, because this podcast is for young leaders and leaders in high school, leaders out of high school. I don't care who you are or leading young people and the idea of. We're not making it, I, I heard someone say one time, we're not making ministry like more like the world. We're just trying to help a generation of kids that are affected yeah. by the world. Yep. A generation of young people that the world's telling them, hey, just do this, do this, do this, and you'll be fine. And we're teaching them actually something that's contrary to what they're being taught. So how yeah. can we offer them ways to be like, oh, church is fun church is interesting church is all of these things and so yeah bro i think that's key man is especially for you you grew up in a church that was mostly older people yeah, so yeah and trust me bro I, I used to be <laughs> that kid that that would go around and say man church again uh, what I to go to? bro I, I would sit and sit i hate to say this but i guess i'm gonna be transparent uh i would sit in church on my phone just playing a game just wait waiting till the service was over <laughs> just playing games on my phone like come on like how disrespectful is that to god but that, yeah. that's what kids do when they're they're bored when they don't when they don't get it when they don't understand you know they try and find something to entertain them yeah and i mean church shouldn't be entertaining but it should you should be getting involved to the point where you're happy to be there but it's invite you know? it should be invited right 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 and there's a difference between I, I believe there's a difference between entertaining the idea of hey we want to make this uh performance which i yeah uh, that's enjoy. not I, that's not what i'm trying to say yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you for clarifying that i'm glad uh, i'm glad you said that <laughs> no but it's i mean it's right though it's right it's like if we if we go too far in the inviting we can soon become entertainers and or if we go too far in the um in the other way we we're not inviting at all and we're just we are entertainers so man i just think that again as the next generation of preachers and whatever you want to call it we have a call to understand the people that we are serving um, even mm -hmm. better and as we look at i saw this post today 
and we look at these posts and we say, man, what's wrong with today's kids? What's wrong with today's kids in youth ministry? They're crazy. I'd ask you, what's wrong with today's leaders? What's wrong with today's you know ministers? What's wrong with that? Because if we're upset with kids that are in youth ministry and why are they acting a certain way, I think it, to me, it all starts with leadership. And yeah, it all starts it does. with who's leading who. So, yeah, man. So what ministries do you think, like a church ministry or maybe a parachurch ministry? Like, uh, I mean, I, I play I play a lot of sports. Uh, I play basketball. So, I mean, if, if I could get involved in like a, a sports ministry, that would be really dope. Um, yeah. I, I, love to, to, I love kids. So, I mean, uh, a youth ministry would be great as well in the church. But uh, like I, I don't I'm right now I'm actually struggling right now in terms of a church home I don't really have a church home um, yeah. I just recently left the church that my parents uh, used to go to just because of the reasons like I told you um, so yeah. I'm really trying to find a, a, a church where that's vibrant that has a lot of youth that has youth on fire that are just on as fire as me you know like it's kind of hard being a Christian when you don't have somebody that keeping you accountable somebody that's looking out for you yeah um, so yeah just keep me in prayer regarding that. Sure, um, hope pray that I find an actual real good church home that I, that preaches the word as well as, you know, keeps it real, yeah. keeps me happy, <laughs> keeps me wanting to, to keep going and, and looking forward to more. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, uh, honestly, bro, that's 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 me right now. I just I just need to find some my my niche, trying to find where the Lord wants me to be. Yeah. Um, so. Got a question for you, bro? Can I challenge you a little bit? Yeah, let's hear it. Um. Is the church supposed to make us happy? Not necessarily. I mean, it's supposed to challenge you, per se. Um, So think about it like this. When people go to hear people people speak, right? Like, say, motivational speakers. They go there not to feel happy. They go because they want to feel motivated. They want to feel challenged. Um, And I feel like it's the same thing with church. If the pastor is just like a Joel Osteen saying, oh, yeah, uh, live your best life now. God's got you. You don't got to do anything. Oh, man. Why are you? (laughs) (laughs) I chill. I didn't mean to bring him in there, but uh, (laughs) I had to. I had to bring him in there one time for the one time. Um, (laughs) But uh, but not like like you can't have a pastor that's always preaching the good things of the Bible. We all know. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead, let me I hear just it. I'm dying right now. I'm dying. <laughs> oh man, go ahead, keep going, bro. I'm sorry. All right, all right. Nah, I was saying, uh, you can't have a pastor that that sits there and only preaches the good parts of the Bible, like God's blessings and His promises, because we know the Bible's full of tons of things that are bad as well. Like, you know, if you're not gonna preach about uh, the dangers of sin, the dangers of lust, the dangers of all these other things, and you're just gonna preach about what God can do for you, like, you're not gonna grow. You're not gonna. Yeah. You're not gonna see see growth in your life at all. So. This is a good conversation, bro. So what about the people, right? <laughs> when you're hearing these speakers, like, because personally, I don't glean from that type of preaching or whatever you want to call it. And I don't glean from that. And so, but what about people who do? Like, because I see what you're saying. Wait, wait, first, what do you mean by glean? Um, I mean, like, I mean, like, learn from or I don't. Oh, okay. Like, okay. I get you. Like, if I were to go to that type of service, I would be like, eh, like, I didn't. I wouldn't feel like my soul's fed, if that makes sense. I think that's a better word, Mitch. Like, I wouldn't feel like my soul was fed. I wouldn't walk away feeling fed. Um, so, that, all right, let me ask you this question then. Yeah. Have you ever been to a church where, say you were dealing with some type of sin, and you just go to this church, and the pastor just, you felt like the pastor was speaking to you, and you left that church, and you was like, wow, that was so powerful. Let me yeah. repent. Like, this guy was preaching right at me. Yeah. Has it ever happened to you? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's the same thing. Uh, I mean... 
say you may not learn from it that instance because that's not something you deal with like lust maybe you don't deal with lust but there's other people in the church that do and so the message may not be for you that day but if somebody else is coming in there they're affected by it and they leave like in tears and they're like wow like god really needs to start working in my life then i, th I call that a success i think that pastor did something good yeah and i agree with that i guess more of my question is is like from the people like the Osteens, who, who, <laughs> who, in my experience, I'm like I don't mess with. But like some people might say, "Man, this is my pastor. This is my dude." So it's like, how? I guess what am I trying to say? I know, like, how do we, how do we discern that, and how do we? Is it our call to make those calls? Is it our calls to? Like, to really decide if this pastor is worthy or not, is what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess I lost the words that I wanted. But I love this conversation because it's, it's honestly, it seems like it's like a, it's getting into, like, a theology conversation. Of, <laughs> yeah, uh, we definitely changed topic very yeah, quickly. Yeah, but, uh, but I don't know, man. I just think I so. Think yeah. Uh, what I was going to say is uh, I would see Joe Osteen as a motivational speaker as opposed to a pastor. Um, somebody that you would you would go to, to to talk to just to lift your spirits up which is not a bad thing at all there's some people that need that but in terms of a church pastor there's a difference between a church pastor and a motivational speaker like joel osteen is a motivational speaker for sure 100 percent. like what he has to say is i may not agree with all the time but you can't lie after hearing him speak you're like all right i can conquer the world right now you, yeah. you know what i'm saying um but there's pastors like um uh what's some, what are some famous pastors bro i'm drawing blanks right now um uh, yeah, Smith, yeah. Those guys. Like those guys. Cohen, uh, yeah. Or uh, the, the, what's the guy on social media? The young guy. Um, uh, black guy, you know what I'm talking about? That's on social media all the time. Uh, oh, dude, I don't know his name, but nah, he's good. Yeah, him. So you know what I'm talking about. I wish I could find his name because, like, for people listening, they'll have no idea what we're talking about. But, but uh, dang, like, he's always preaching, like, stuff that would, would hit your soul. Like, stuff that would, uh, the hard stuff to talk about which a pastor should handle yeah um i don't feel like a pastor is, is only there to make you feel good and lift your spirits up he's also there to challenge you and that's to me that's the ideal pastor so this so this is my question dude like so do we get to make that call though? you know what i'm saying like do we get to say like he's a he's not a pastor not because to me that's like work that i don't get to do you know what i'm saying well I don't think we should go out and be knocking these people and being like going to their church and be like, oh, you suck. You're not a real pastor. Get oh, out of man. here. Like, no, 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 no. Not like that. Just I mean, it, we all have discernment. So we can decide if we want to attend that church. If we don't like the pastor, go find a different church. Like with me, I visited so many different churches in the past couple of months just because, like I said, I've been trying to find a church and obviously I haven't found one yet. So that means I've been going to these churches and there's pastors that I feel like aren't really worthy i'm not gonna go and, and tell them that i'm not gonna knock them i'm not gonna tell the people that go to that church like yo this pastor's not right you need to leave Nah, i'm just me personally i would just go find another church where i feel comfortable where i feel like the pastor preaches the word and he he challenges me yeah so i guess that's does that answer your question yeah yeah it does i just i just i think at the end of the day does gospel like god uses that's why I don't have to play the role. Of, I'm glad I don't have to play the role of God in both in both the positive and the negatives, because we like God's going to use 
those those motivational sermons, as we're saying, he's going to use those. Yeah, he definitely can. Like, like so, he definitely can. Yeah, and I, and I know you agree with that. And I just think we get into this, we get into muddy waters when we begin to, um, and I'm not saying this is what you're doing. I'm just speaking in general. We yeah. get into muddy waters when we begin to call out, like, not call out, but say, like, we can understand that, hey, this message may not speak to me, but when we start saying, man, I don't know what their call is, you start questioning their call. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. we can question one's assignment, I think, but I don't I don't know if we're able or we should uh, conquer or conquer. Question one's call, because that's, that's a call from God. So it's funny you say that, bro, because um, it's like, as Christians, bro, we often, we, we a lot of Christians... Uh, I don't want to generalize because I hate doing that, but a lot of Christians, bro, they love to judge. So your life is full of sin and you see a pastor that you think doesn't preach the word, the word correctly and you're going to call him out. But how could you call him out if you're dealing with sin in your own life? Like the Bible says it like perfectly. Judge not lest you be judged. Like how are you going to pull the, the, the speck out of this guy's eye when you got a whole log sitting in your eye? You know, like the, the Bible says it so well, just... Just to do your own thing. Don't judge other people based on what they're doing. Um, if you feel it's not for you, then it's not for you. Yeah. Uh, just move on and keep it going. Don't don't sit there and challenge these people. Like call them out. I feel like there's there's, there's time and place for that. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, don't call. And that's a good point to say as well, man. Is we gotta we gotta check our hearts kind of at the door. And again, yeah, we got away from our original conversation, but we definitely did. <laughs> good. Um, we gotta check our hearts at the door and check who we are at the yep. door. And so. Yeah, man. At the, at the end of the day, bottom line is ministry is ministry, and if I want to, I want to, if I can't encourage you, God, God has a call in your life, and uh, now you're just trying to find out the assignment. And uh, I believe. Sorry, I'm sick right now, so I sniff. No, you're, you're good, bro. You're good. Uh, so yeah, bro. Sweet. Well, Aaron. Hey man, how can uh, how can people connect with you? How can people get to know you? Oh yeah, you guys, anybody can reach out to me on Instagram or uh, Facebook. Uh, Facebook, obviously, Aaron Isaacs. Um, Instagram is A Three Isaacs. You guys can find me on there. Uh, I'll be promoting a lot of this Reach Record stuff. So I mean, if you're interested in that, check out my page. Yeah. Um, also, I'm always down to link. I'm always down to connect, meet new people. I love to talk to others. So it'd be great if y'all could uh, reach out to me on Instagram. Shoot me a DM. I'll reply quick. I'm not one of those bougie people that just, you know, look at the messages, let them pile up. Nah. Um, I am. But, yeah. I'm bougie. That's, that's what I do. So <laughs> you're better than me, bro. I, uh, I got, okay, Mr. Bougie. I got you. Hold on. Hold on. Let me try. Let me try my phone. Hold on. I got, uh, let's check this. I got 117 messages on, um, uh, on my text. <laughs> oh my gosh, bro. Come on. These people trying to reach you, bro. Listen, listen, this is what it is, bro. Is I be talking and then we finish the conversation and then they send a text back and I'm like I don't need to reply to that last message you know you know what I'm saying yeah I, okay. I guess I guess nah he don't get it you're like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm you're good bro you're tripping. good <laughs> well hey Aaron you also serve you serve our country oh I do yes I'm in the military thanks for that bro thanks for your service dude yeah of course no anytime uh, I love what I do is that ever awkward. First one to what ask someone mean? in the military. Is it ever awkward for someone to be like, thank you for your service? Uh, I mean, it depends on the situation. Like, if I'm just going... So, like, uh, for example, when I when I go to the drill, um, which is once a month, I have to wear my uniform, obviously. Yeah. Sometimes I'll stop for food or stop to pick up something from Walmart. 
and I hop on my car and Im- immediately everybody's watching me. Everybody's looking at me instantly. Huh. And uh, all you see is people just coming up to me. Thank you for your service. Thank you. And I'm like, I'm just waiting in this checkout line to get my food. Like, <laughs> can yeah. you guys just leave me alone? You know, like, <laughs> I mean, I understand why they do it. Obviously, it's a, I love it. But, yeah, sometimes it, is, it does get annoying. Uh, I wouldn't say it's ever awkward. More so just timing. And people want to just continue the conversation when I, I'm in a rush. So yeah. they use it as a conversation starter and they start asking me different questions like, oh, what do you do in the army? Uh, do you know when uh, Trump's going to build the wall or do you know? Like, I don't, I don't know that stuff. Like, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm just serving. I just go <laughs> once a month, you know, do you know, when Trump's <laughs> going to build the wall. Why would they think you know that? Yeah, bro. <laughs> beats me, dog. Look, look, <laughs> look. Me. hey, May. May is the time, bro. <laughs> I'll just start telling them that. Yo, yeah. it's coming in May, guys. May 15th. Watch. It'll be here. But could you have, like, I just don't, I don't get why a person would say, yes, this person wouldn't have this information. And they, and they would tell me. they tell Like, me. Trump doesn't even know when he's going to build the wall. Why would I know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Let's get tripping. off that. Let's get off that, boy, though. But, um, hey, man, thanks for serving, dude. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, I, I'm trying to make it as awkward as I can for you right now. Uh, I'm just playing. <laughs> You're good, bro. You're good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man. Well, that's the episode. Yeah, that's that was, it, it was good to good to be a part of it, yo. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for chatting, bro. Thanks for uh, even for a short while, man. Definitely excited. I'm excited to get to know the amount of people that I've gotten to know over over this time and over this time. Yeah, you know, and, uh, I'm looking forward to meeting all you guys, part of Team Unashamed, bro. We've had some good conversations in that little yeah. Instagram chat. One day, bro. One day we'll we'll all get together. Definitely. Hopefully, it's not until heaven but you know like <laughs> chill don't say that <laughs> i'm just saying you know what i'm saying like someone's like someone super religious can be like yeah we're all gonna see each other in heaven i'm like nah i'm trying to see each other earlier uh right anyway and i just want to thank everybody for listening to the youth of the nation podcast you just heard episode 27 with my boy aaron isaacs i'll catch y'all next week maybe with another special guest peace mm-hmm.